ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. So this episode is going to catch you up and recap you on our life over the past almost month now. Well, almost month from when I'm recording. It'll come out a little bit later. So by then we will have hit a month of being in Australia. I cannot thank you all enough for praying for our family. I literally had hundreds of messages, women reaching out to me, letting me know that they were praying for us in that transition, and even people to this day that still tell us that they're praying for us. We are so thankful for your prayers. This episode's purpose is to magnify the Lord and just share with you some of the amazing things that He did along the way in those first, well, really, I guess from a few days before we left the States to the first few days in Australia. And I started out trying to kind of write an outline of hitting the highlights of things I wanted to share. And it was just so much content that it would have taken me too long to go through it all. And so just doing it ad lib, I know that I'm going to miss things and go back and listen and be like, why did you not share this? But I want to try to hit the highlights And just praise the Lord with you as you listen and see how God has been working in our lives. And if you prayed for us, this episode is to share with you the specific ways that God came through and God answered your prayers. So let me just give a quick little recap. If you're just jumping into the No Hire podcast, you have no idea who Brittany Brazel is, what's going on with our family. God has called us to be church planning missionaries to the greater Sydney area of Australia. Us includes Simeon, uh, me, and our four children, Eden, Knox, Ivy, and Willow. So our kids are six, four, two, and nine months. So on January 25th, we left very cold East Tennessee and made our way, began our journey to Sydney, Australia. And the Lord has been so, so faithful to us every step of the way. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, there's no way that you can. An international move with little kids, a family like ours, completely restarting, I mean, completely starting life over. Um, We brought, Simeon actually came over in the fall, so he brought 15 checked bags with him, so 15 50-pound bags. When we came with the kids, we brought 20, Um, but other than that, we completely started over, and God has showed up and showed himself faithful every step of the way. Um, Let me really rewind back all the way back to the fall before Simeon came over. So he came to Australia for five weeks, and the main purpose of that was to find a house. Well, um, we had all of these reasons why that was going to be such an extremely difficult process, a very expensive process. We didn't know if we would really be able to get what we were hoping for. We would really just have to settle for whatever we could get. Um, so many hurdles that made that feel impossible 
to, to happen. We booked the five weeks, not even knowing if that was a task that he was going to be able to accomplish in the five weeks. Um, but we had that hope and that prayer that he could kind of pave the way, get things ready for us to make that transition a little bit smoother. Also other things, he was able to get a little more direction, get involved in some ministry here, um, kind of further hone exactly what God had for our family. But the house was the big thing. So he books the tickets and long story short, before he even came to Australia through a friend that we have that was here, um, he was able to connect us with a man in his church who had just put up a house for rent and God just threw open every door so clearly answered our prayer in regards to the house. And ladies, this house is beautiful. It is more than I ever thought that we would get. You know, we had been challenged by um, some other missionaries, some other Christian workers to make a very specific list of what we were looking for in a house. Obviously, you have your needs column and then to have our wants column and to pray through that. God hit every need and God hit the majority of the wants. I mean, this house is not just beautiful, is not just a place that we're so honored and delighted to call home, but this house is a place where ministry can happen. Um, we prayed that we would have a very open floor plan with the kitchen and the dining area so that we could have hospitality nights, so that we could have people in our home for dinner, so that Bible studies could start here, so that a, a new church could be birthed here. And God did that. So many other things. But if you see pictures of our house or things that we show of our house along the way, um, know that God did that for us. And that was really the beginning of a landslide of God answering prayers that we had been praying for over a decade. God called Simeon to Australia 12 years ago. Um, six years ago, oh, six and a half years ago now, we took a survey trip here. We came for two weeks um, asking God, what do you have for us? We know it's Australia, but what specifically? Australia is the size of the continental United United States. So we needed God to get a little more specific than Australia. And um, then we did several years of the deputation process. Right as we thought that we had almost raised our supports, we needed to start thinking about a transition. COVID-19 happened. The world shut down. Australia shut down for a, a, a longer time than even the United States. And so it was just at the beginning of this year, 2023, that God opened the door for us to be able to come. So we have been praying for a long time um, about this transition, and God started answering prayers with the house. Fast forward, so we get to the week of our move, and emotions were strong. Um, we are so blessed with Christian families, Christian parents, um, and that was a difficult part of the goodbye. I don't even like to say goodbye. It was more like see you next time, until next time, you know. Um, but that was a part of the process. And the Lord just allowed those last few days to be so, so sweet. Uh, we flew out on a Wednesday, but that Sunday before, Simeon was ordained at our church, Temple Baptist Church in Powell, Tennessee. Um, so we were able to have his ordination service. And um, mo mo all the in-town family on Simeon's side was able to be there. My dad and stepmom and my brother and my stepbrother were able to come to be a part of that. That was so special. I looked down. So, so Temple is a pretty large church. We have really long pews. But when I was on the edge of the pew and I looked down and saw that our entire family took up a pew plus some, um, it was such a sweet 
gift from the Lord to have everybody there, those people that we loved um, there with us. Now, not everybody. I have a few of me and siblings and my sister and some people were not able to be there, but I'm so thankful for the local people that were able to come and make that happen. Um, then those really last few days, that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, leading up to our flight going out on Wednesday, at that point, we had moved out of our house that we were renting in Tennessee. We were officially at my in-laws um, and my dad and my stepmom were able to come and stay at my in-laws as well. And we just had the sweetest two days, that Monday and Tuesday, of just spending time with family, um, making memories, snuggling the baby cousin that was there, my little nephew, and just making memories that will last a lifetime, enjoying those times with family. That Tuesday night before uh, Wednesday morning when we flew out, we were able to have a time of prayer with our parents, and that was so special, them just sharing some parting advice, some parting wisdom, um, each of us taking a turn praying for for Simeon and I and our family, for the kids, us praying for our parents, praying for our families. That was so special, um, just something that I will treasure forever. And then we start um, our day Wednesday, the big day, the big move day, very early in the morning. I think I got up at like 5 a.m., but... <laughs> Oh man, as I'm, as I'm recounting this, things are coming to mind. Willow, my baby, decided that she wasn't going to sleep at all the night before. Um, I literally think that she cried from like 2 or 3 a.m. until I finally just got up at 5. Like nothing we could do helped her. And she wasn't, nothing was wrong. She was just being a baby of all nights to be a baby. <laughs> but of course... When my alarm went off at 5 a.m., she so sweetly curled up and fell asleep. So anyway, at least I got to put my makeup on in peace. So we started our day very, very early that morning. Um, but we got ready, got the kids up. We tried to make that as smooth of a transition for them in the morning as possible since it was such an early morning. We needed to be out of the house by 7 a.m. So we put them to bed dressed in their clothes for the day. They were comfy clothes because we knew we were going to be on a plane for like 28 or something hours. Um, so we just did the last minute grabbing things, packing things, making sure we had everything ready to go, spent a little bit of time with the parents that morning at my in-law's house, uh, taking some pictures together, enjoying the grandkids. And then it took two trucks to get us to the airport between all of our luggage and all of the car seats and kids and us. Um, but even that in itself was sweet. We divided and conquered. Uh, Simeon's parents took Simeon and two of the kids. My dad and stepmom took me and two of the kids. So it was fun to have that last little bit of time together. We got to the airport, got all of our luggage unloaded, checked in, ready to go, had a little bit of time with the, the parents. And so we, we checked the 20 bags. Um, but on top of that, we also had, um, everybody had a personal bag. So we all had backpacks, diaper bag, and we all had a carry-on bag. Now we were hoping later in the process to be able to check those carry-ons because they do not weigh carry-ons. So I uh, took advantage of the opportunity and packed our carry-on bags with all the heavy stuff, all the books, all those things. Um, so it, it was so heavy. Like we had to practice with the kids. Like, how are we going to push these through the airport? Because those went with us everywhere we went. Those five carry-ons, those five personal bags went. Um, now, thankfully, we had the stroller. 
So we were able to utilize that. I actually wound up wearing Willow quite a bit. And then we piled the stroller with all of our bags because it was just, it was crazy. Um, but we kind of said goodbye to the moms. We said goodbye to my dad. Um, and then my father-in-law actually was able to be granted a security pass to get us all the way to our boarding gate, which was such a blessing. He helped us get through security with all the kids, helped us get all of those extra bags that we were taking with us to our boarding gate. And um, we said our goodbye to Papa. Off he went. And the kids struck up this conversation with this man, who I just thought was just some random guy waiting to board the airplane. Come to find out, he was actually um, the attendant that worked there at the gate to boarding. He hit it off with the kids. They told him what we were doing. It was our their first flight. So he got them these little uh, first flight cards, um, little like wing badge that they could wear. And he worked it out with the pilots that we were going to be the first ones to board. The kids would get to go and meet the pilots. So talk about starting your first flight out on the best foot possible. That's what happened. Um, we were able to get right on. The kids got to spend some time with some pilots. I got pictures of that. By the way, let me just insert here really quickly. Um, all of this, all of these pictures, some video documentation of all of that is over on my YouTube channel. So if you're not subscribed to No Higher Calling on YouTube, you'll want to do that. We plan to share much more than just this initial transition into life in Australia. But I'll link that in the show notes that you can find the No Higher Calling YouTube channel and get a, get a visual glimpse glimpse into some of this process, see some of the pictures along the way. But the first flight was very straightforward. It was like an hour, I think, we flew from Knoxville to Atlanta. Um, so everything went well. The kids did fine. And so we get to Atlanta. And it was lunchtime by the time we got to Atlanta. So we're trying to find a place to eat. There were some little kind of like, you know, fast food type restaurants, but there really wasn't any seating. So when we were about at our wits end, just like, well, we're just going to have to circle back and stand and eat our Burger King. We saw TGI Fridays and it had seating. So we're like, okay, well, let's pile in there with all of our kids and all of our luggage. So we managed to navigate. They put us in the back corner, thank goodness. Um, but we get there, we're eating our lunch. We meet this sweetest couple that is sitting beside us who we must have just looked the part because they asked, are you missionaries? So we said, yes, chit chat a little bit, come to find out they were a Christian couple, um, had the sweetest conversation with them. They left. We went to pay for our meal and realized that that couple had paid for our meal. So that was a blessing. Just another reminder from the Lord that he was with us and he was taking care of us every step of the way. So we navigate through the terminal, through all of that, and we get ready to board our flight to go to LA. So we get on the flight. We had about a five-hour flight to L.A. On the way, um, we were all either sitting next to family except um, in, in my row, I was on the inside, and it was me, Eden, and then the window seat, an elderly gentleman wound up sitting there. And you know, you never know with kids. You never know how they're going to do. It was a longer flight. You never know with older people how they're going to do. So I was a little bit like, oh, I really hope this goes smoothly, and neither of them pesters each other. Well, this man was so sweet. I mean, from the very beginning, he just struck up a conversation with Eden and they had the best time. Like if they pretended that they were flying the plane together, he let her climb all over him so that she could look out the window. I mean, it was just, it was great. He was so kind, so sweet. Um, and so we make it to LA. By the time we get off in LA, um, it was time for dinner. We wound up getting dinner. And the plan was, so the flight from LA to Sydney was a 14-hour flight. The kids took a little nap on the LA flight, but we were really hoping that they would settle in on that last flight and sleep a good portion of it. 
So we get uh, dinner, we eat, we find this big, huge family bathroom that we all pile in, um, and we get them all changed, all ready for bed, like everything. They've got their jammies on, they've got their teeth brushed, they have their special little blankets. Um, we tried to do everything that we could to get their minds to say it is bedtime. And uh, I think we actually did a pretty good job because they slept a good portion of that flight. We were able to check those big carry-on bags. So we no longer had to navigate the airports with those carry-ons. It was just the backpacks at this point. Um, so we're waiting to board our LA flight. And one of the things that you can do if you have a, a lap infant so we did not pay for Willow to have a ticket. We actually just um, held her in the flight, which saved us some money. But we knew that last flight was going to be really long overnight, and it would not be fun to hold her for 14 hours. I needed sleep, and she needed sleep. So we had heard that with Delta, we could request a sky cot, which is kind of just like a little plain bassinet thing. But it was something that you couldn't do until the last minute. They only had so many, um, so it was first come, first serve. Well, we remembered to go ask. Simeon went up and asked the attendant. They said, absolutely, yes, you can have it. Um, because of that, we were able to be one of the first ones to board the plane. So again, that was nice, not having to navigate climbing all over people with all of our kids and our stuff. We were able to just get on and get settled before anybody else even got on. When we got on, because of where the Skycot is located, um, we actually were able to move three of our seats up to that front section of the plane. So there was so much more leg space, so much more leg room, um, which was a blessing. Me, Eden, and Ivy were on those three seats. I had Willow um, in the little Skycot that was kind of actually attached to the wall. And then Simeon and Knox were about two rows behind us, kind of on the opposite side, so we could see them diagonally. Um, and then there was an empty seat beside Knox. So with that setup, we were actually able to get so much rest. Just trading off, um, you know, who would come and sit with three kids, who would have, you know, just the one kid. We were able to make room that people could lay out. There was actually even one point in time um, where Simeon was up, so he went up, and one of the kids was kind of walking around they're close by and I was able to take those three seats that he had knocks and then the empty seat. I was able to put up the armrests and stretch out on those whole three seats and actually get some rest that I was completely laying down. So that was a blessing, but that flight could not have went any smoother. I mean, we, the kids pretty much by the time we boarded, it was like midnight Eastern Standard Time. So um, they were ready for bed. They fell asleep and I believe they slept eight or nine hours of the first portion of that flight, which was a huge answer to prayer. Willow did so well. She slept through the flight. Simeon and I were able, I mean, it wasn't the best rest we've ever had, but considering the situation, we were able to get quite a bit of rest. Um, then they woke up and we still had, you know, another half leg of the flight. Um, but we don't usually do screens, don't usually do media. That completely went out the window. We let the kids embrace watching TV um, with discretion, um, but they were able to watch some movies. We had planned ahead. I, I did a whole YouTube video on their backpacks and what we took on a flight, um, but they had different activities. We had their MP3 players loaded down with Patch the Pirate and Jonathan Park audio adventures, so they were able to listen to that. Um, because of the position that we were moved to being at that front portion of the plane, there was a huge space kind of off to the side of us um, that was by the door of the plane that was a, a walking area so the kids could kind of get up, walk over there, stretch their legs, um, but everything went so, so smoothly. 
They did great. I mean, by the last two hours, maybe-ish, people were antsy. We were tired. The kids were ready to get off. Um, but all things considered, they were champs. They did so, so, so well. So we finally get off the plane. We get through customs. We're headed to security. We have to get all of our luggage. We got all of our luggage together. Um, we had taken some like plastic box crate things that had been recommended to us. A few of those broke. Actually, like at least one, if not two, the entire bottom of the plastic crate uh, was like shattered, but somebody had taken duct tape and like put them back together and duct tape all of our stuff. And to my knowledge, we did not lose anything, which was an absolute miracle. But when Simeon went over and he was going through security and customs, it, it was a nightmare. It was very difficult for him to get all of that luggage. He couldn't try to find anybody that was willing to help them. Hindsight, they said that we needed to call ahead when it was time for all of us to come over to have somebody lined up in baggage claim to help us. He tried to do that. Um, he tried to call the Sydney airport. They referred us to Delta. We called us to Delta. They referred us to the Sydney airport. So we were not able to have anybody lined up to help us. But when we got over there, and this was something specific that I had been praying, is that God would give us sympathetic workers all along the journey. And the Lord did that for us. There was a sweet young man that was just so kind, and I don't know if he just wanted this huge family and all of their stuff out of his baggage claim area quickly or what, but he just jumped to our aid. He had this huge trolley thing that he was able to bring over, load up all of our luggage on one trolley. You know, we thought we'd have to get, they had little carts, but only like three or four bags could fit. So we're like, how are we going to get through the airport with five or six of these plus our kids in our stroller? Um, but he was able to get it all on a trolley. So he's headed to security with us. Simeon had told me, look, security is a nightmare. They're going to go through everything. They were going to want you to account for everything. Um, he had got flagged with, with things like magnetiles or, you know, stuff like that, simple stuff that we were just prepared that just because we got off the flight in Sydney, our journey was not over. We had to get through security. Um, so we were a little bit nervous about that. Well, because this guy has all of our stuff on a trolley, he looks at the line for security, which is super, super long and, you know, woven in and out and in and out of these little turnstiles. And he was like, well, first of all, I'm not going to fit through there with this trolley. So I know this back way around. Let me see if I can bring your family through. So we bypass all of that security line. We go through this side door. We go to the border security. They just kind of take a look at us, see our family. Their eyes get wide as they see all of our luggage. They ask us the normal questions. What are you doing here? All of that. Um, we just try to be upfront and honest, let them know if we had anything to claim. And they just, you know, one worker kind of looked at the other worker and they were like, just go on through. And our jaws about hit the floor. I mean, we literally talked to them for maybe two or three minutes and we're like, what? We walked through. It was so shocking and so unexpected. And I didn't want to like, <laughs> I didn't want to jinx us. So I didn't say anything for a minute, but we like round the corner. And then you see all the big like airport signs like, you're in Sydney. Welcome to Sydney. Then I look at Simeon. And I'm like, was that security? And he was like, that was security. We just blew through security in like 10 minutes tops. Totally a God thing. We got through. They didn't touch any of our bags. Um, we turned the corner and began our new life in Sydney. Um, our, our pastor that we're partnering with here was there, brought some men. They were able to get us all loaded up. 
in our cars, our, our car. They had brought our car with all the car seats, which was a whole nother thing that I had been all worried about. Australian car seats are different than American car seats. I didn't know how all the logistics of that were going to work. God just totally did that for me. Um, and here at the airport was our car with our car seats, loaded up everything, threw all of our luggage onto one of the men in the church um, that we're at now, one of in his trailer. We got to our house we were able to get everything unloaded, um, get into our house, get situated, get adjusted, wash clothes, get a shower, all of those things that you don't think about until you're living it. And then it's like the reality of the situation. I was worried about food. I knew we were all going to be tired. Um, so we landed. It was a Friday morning Australia time. I don't even know what that computed to. I think that was like Thursday evening, what would have been Eastern time where we came from. Um, but we were all tired. The last thing we wanted to do is try to make a trek to the grocery store. But one of the ladies in the church had made dinner for us for that Friday, had given us things um, to cover us for Friday lunch, and then even Saturday breakfast. So one of those things, again, I, I had worried about the logistics. How is all this going to come together? God had already taken care of for us. And that started our new chapter. That started our journey into Australia. And, you know, so many people have asked about culture shock and how the kids are doing and how we like it here. We love it here. It's home. It already feels like home. Um, the kids have transitioned so seamlessly. Um, I mean, yeah, we have moments where they miss their friends or they miss family or familiar things from home. Um, but I don't really feel like we have been through much of a culture shock. Honestly, I was talking to one friend. We might have more culture shock when we go back to the States for a visit or something, kind of reverse culture shock. Um, but everything has just went so smoothly. And I know that that is because of all of those people who prayed for us, of all the prayers that were offered up on our behalf. And for that, we say thank you. We could not thank you enough for your prayers. I mean, literally every step of the way, God met us. And not in ways that we could just chalk up to circumstance or coincidence. No, God met us. It was obvious. Miracle after miracle, God did for us. We met so many Christian people along the way. The Christians that paid for our lunch. We were able to meet some other Christians who were on that long flight um, to Sydney with us. Australian Christians who encouraged us, who reaffirmed in our hearts the need for the gospel here in Australia, who were excited to hear about a young American family who was willing to, to make that journey, to make that venture, to make that transition, to share the gospel with the people in Australia. And just over and over again, God confirmed in our hearts, this is exactly what he had for us. This was the exact process that he had for us to go through, um, that we were where we were supposed to be. And I can't tell you how much that encouraged our faith, because I'll be perfectly honest, while we knew that this was God's will for us in so many ways, we were stepping out into the unknown. And still we are. I mean, we have dreams and plans and ideas of what God has for our future, what God has for us in ministry here. Um, but a lot of it is unknown and up to the Lord. And we are just trying to daily follow him step by step. But we've been trying to teach our children as we are trying to internalize these lessons ourselves. They, they, there are times in life where God so clearly comes through for us and we need to raise that Ebenezer. We need to set that memorial. We need to put that marker, that flag in the ground and say, this is a place. This is a point in my life. This is a chapter, a spot in my story 
where God came through for me. So when you move on and maybe trials come or difficult days come, you can look back on those points and say, hey, remember these stones? God got the children of Israel past that Jordan River. God will do it for me. That's what the point of those stones was. That's why they raised the Ebenezer. That's why they set the memorial. We can do that in our lives. And that's what the last few months has done for us. Are we naive enough to think that it is going to be easy here out? No, I know trials are going to come. I know that difficult times are going to come. And I pray that when they do, that I'll go back and listen to this episode and be refreshed in my heart of how God came through for us and to trust that he is a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change. His faithfulness stays constant. I can trust him no matter what my circumstances are. But I just wanted to share this episode with you, give you a little update, give you a glimpse into Answered Prayer, our journey over here, to say thank you, and just to let you know that we are excited about the future. We're currently working through some visa things. Um, A lot of that is still a big prayer request. Um, A lot of our uh, kind of future and kind of short-term ministry plans are contingent upon some of the paths that our visa takes. So we would appreciate your prayers in that specifically, especially over this next month or two, as we really try to work through some of that visa process. Um, It's a lot of details. If you want to pray more specifically, feel free to send me a message and I can share a little bit more with you that way. Um, But we know that God is going to take care of all of it because he has to this point. And that has strengthened our faith and encouraged us. But we are we're in it for the long haul. Um, people ask, how long are you going to be there? When are you going to come back? Um, we're here till God says move. And we pray that that's forever. We, we love it here. We love the people here. We are already invested into the church here that we're partnering with, um, making friendships, investing our hearts and our lives into the people that God is putting into our path. And we just have an expectant heart to see how God will use us as we do believe that um, he has led us to be here to plant more churches um, where we have a expectancy as we just try to yield our lives to the Lord, follow him in obedience, and see the blessing that comes out from that obedience. So thank you for praying for us. Thank you for following along with us. I'm sure... Um, You know, throughout the podcast, I always enjoy giving these bonus episodes and giving you a little glimpse behind the scenes. I know that, you know, there's weekly content that comes out, but that's often very tailored to a specific topic. So every now and then, as God works in our family, I love to hop on here and give you a little more of a glimpse into our life. But also you can check out the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. That gives you more of a visual visual glimpse into what's going on with us. And we t- will tend to share a little more of the kind of family content, um, some of that over there. So feel free to subscribe to that, to follow along. Um, and we just look forward to sharing more of our journey with you. The Christian life is, is an amazing life as it is the unending pursuit of Jesus Christ. And as we are trying to pursue him in our own life and in our home, we are just reminded that it is a joy to serve Jesus. No day looks the same. Um, Every day we're just following him and seeing where he leads as we just simply follow. And it is a joy for us to bring you along on that journey. We're nothing special. Um, You know, you tend to really often sometimes idolize missionaries. Um, But we are your normal people that struggle with normal things. 
Um, and But we're just trying to obey the Lord in the calling that he has given to our family. And that has brought about some unique circumstances, putting us in a very unique place in the war world. Um, but we're excited to bring you along and to show you more of that and to just give you a glimpse into ministry life, into our life specifically, as God has called us to this part of the world to serving Him in Australia. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.